I know how to run a hair salon, but for small business insurance, I chose my State Farm agent. She's a small business owner too, so she knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Nutrition Diva Podcast. I'm your host, Monica Reinagel, and today I have a roundup of answers to questions sent in by listeners over the past several months. If you've sent me a question, you might hear your answer today. And if you have a question for a future episode, you can email it to me at nutrition at quickanddirtytips.com. You can also leave me a message at 443-961-6206. So our first question today is from Gwyn, who wrote, I have been vegetarian for about three years. I eat a lot of plant-based meats, and I wonder if they are actually healthy or not. I want to eat less processed foods, and I'm thinking that plant-based meats could be just a really fancy processed food. Well, Gwyn is absolutely correct that it does take an awful lot of processing to turn a soybean or a wheat kernel into something that resembles ground beef or Italian sausage. Even so, the impact on the environment is still lower than raising animals for food, and obviously no animals are harmed in the process. For a lot of people, eating a more processed food is a price that they are willing to pay in exchange for not consuming animal products. Now, of course, you don't have to eat fake meat at all, but a lot of people find these products useful in transitioning to a diet that includes less or no meat. If reducing your consumption of processed foods is also a priority, you could start by cutting down on highly processed snacks, desserts, and beverages— Because unlike plant-based meats, these usually aren't adding much nutrition to your diet. And unlike processed snack foods and sweets, plant-based meats are less likely to trigger overeating. But there's no need to get overly dogmatic about avoiding processed foods. Some types of food processing are actually quite beneficial, rendering nutritious foods even more digestible or extending their shelf life. And Julie wrote in with a question about the dietary guidelines for vegetarians. She said, do you agree with the serving size and quantities given on the MyPlate Vegetarian Food Guide? She continues, I'm a longtime lacto-ova vegetarian, and I'm concerned about getting enough protein and fiber, especially as I get older, but I'm also aiming to keep my daily calorie intake at 1,800 or so. So the MyPlate recommendations, which you can find at myplate.gov, are designed to ensure that you're meeting the minimum protein requirements, which for a woman is 45 grams a day. But getting more than that, say between 60 and 90 grams of protein every day, can really help us maintain our muscle mass as we age. Now, getting that much protein can be a little bit trickier on a vegetarian diet, especially when you're trying to limit calories. 
a lot of the foods that vegetarians rely on for protein, such as beans and nuts, also contain a lot of calories in the form of carbohydrates and fats. And by the time you've eaten enough of these foods to meet that higher protein requirement, it may be a lot more calories than you need. I talked more about how to get more protein from fewer calories in episode number 483 on protein density. And as part of that, I also created a table where you can look up the protein density of various foods. And I will include links to both of those resources in the show notes for today's episode. Now, Julie also expressed concern about meeting the recommendation for fiber, which is 25 to 30 grams per day. The good news is that vegetarian diets are usually relatively high in fiber. And just to make sure that you're staying within your calorie budget, we can also calculate fiber density to reveal those foods that deliver the most fiber for the fewest calories. And I talked about fiber density in episode number 479, and I created a parallel resource for looking up the fiber density of various foods to go with that episode. So those links will also be in the show notes. And finally, If you are having trouble fitting all of the recommended servings of everything in without going over your calorie budget, in my opinion, most people can thrive on fewer servings of grains than the MyPlate guidelines recommend. And that's where I'd suggest cutting back first. I know how to run a hair salon, but for small business insurance, I chose my State Farm agent. She's a small business owner, too, so she knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Oh, my God, the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Nikki wrote in with a really interesting question about balancing the macronutrient content of her diet or the percentage of calories that she's getting from carbohydrates, fats, and proteins. She wrote, As a fit, healthy woman in my 50s, I've been getting more seriously into weight training to try to avoid the loss of muscle tissue as I age. And my trainer has advised me to up my protein and my carbohydrate intake to build muscle. So for the first time in my life, I've started tracking my macros. I eat a Mediterranean diet with a high volume of vegetables and legumes. And I thought, because those foods are high in carbs, I'd have a high percentage of carbs in my diet, but in fact, it is my fat that is quite high. I also eat nuts and seeds every day, plus several servings of avocado and fatty fish every week. So I'm getting more than 40% of my calories from fat, carbs are limping along behind in the 30s, and only protein seems to be on track at 20%. The recommendations that I see online for macro ratios vary widely, and I don't want to make major changes to my diet without understanding this better. 
do you have any guidance? With all due respect to Nikki's trainer, I'm not sure she needs to increase protein or carbohydrates. Nikki's getting about 20% of her calories from protein, and that should be more than enough to support healthy muscle protein synthesis. Now, I can't be sure, but it's possible that the trainer was recommending more carbs as a way of optimizing Nikki's protein uptake after workouts. Because research shows that a post-workout recovery meal with a ratio of 4 to 1 carbs to protein is optimal. But this research was done in athletes. The ratio of protein to carbohydrates or the precise timing of our post-workout meals really only makes a difference at very elite levels of athletic competition. We mere mortals really don't need to worry about these sorts of details. I also don't think that Nikki needs to worry about getting 40% of her calories from fats, especially given the healthy sources of fats that she's consuming, nuts, avocados, fatty fish. The whole field of nutrition has been gradually recovering from the misguided fat phobia of the 70s and 80s, which, among other things, influenced the Institutes of Medicine's recommendation that fat should take up no more than 35% of your calories. Remember that the percentage of protein, fats, and carbohydrates always has to add up to 100 If you decrease the percentage of one, the percentage of another will have to increase. Previous efforts on the part of the government and the public health agencies to get us to avoid fat, for example, ended up causing a dramatic increase in the amount of carbohydrates in the typical diet. And now, with the benefit of hindsight, we can see that excessive carbohydrates, especially refined carbohydrates, are doing much more damage to our health than the fats that they replaced. So the obvious corollary to the fact that the Institute of Medicine's recommended range for fat might be too low is that their recommended range for carbohydrates, which is currently 45 to 65% of calories, could well be too high, at least for the type of carbohydrates that we all seem to prefer. Frankly, it's a little embarrassing to the Institute of Medicine, that these recommendations have not yet been updated because it's widely accepted that getting 40% of your calories from healthy sources of fat is perfectly acceptable, especially if those calories are replacing refined carbohydrates. This is, in fact, quite typical of the Mediterranean-style diet that the dietary guidelines promote as one of several healthy diet patterns. Come on, guys, get your act together. Nikki's diet sounds to me like it doesn't really need much improving. And the combination of strength training and a balanced and nutrient-dense diet is going to be a very powerful hedge against age-related muscle loss and aging in general. So keep up the good work, Nikki. Thanks to everyone who has sent in questions. I always enjoy hearing from listeners about what's on your mind. And I look forward to including more of those questions in future episodes. If you're looking for more support for healthy weight management, please check out the tools and resources that I've collected at wayless.life, where my goal is to help people create the habits, mindset, and lifestyle that help them maintain a healthy weight without dieting. You'll find that at wayless.life. 
Nutrition Diva is a quick and dirty tips podcast and supported by a fantastic team, including Brandon Getches, Nathan Sems, Davina Tomlin, Holly Hutchings, Morgan Christensen, and Cameron Lacey. Thanks to all of them. And thanks to you for listening. I'll see you next week. I know how to run a hair salon, but for small business insurance, I chose my State Farm agent. She's a small business owner, too, so she knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support anytime you don't have to hide how you feel